Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast. My name is Chase Baker, and with me, co-host Jennifer Akers. Now, today, we are going to have a conversation about inviting our kids into a story with a great purpose. As a parent, you long to see your kids do more. But sometimes the more we want to invite our kids into just might be the different kind of more that we're talking about on this episode. There are so many things that we want for our kids. We want them to excel in all areas of life. We want them to be great at sports and music and theater and their education. We want them to excel in all of those things. We have so many hopes and dreams for our kids. But is there another story that God is inviting them into that will far exceed what they could ever do themselves. God is writing their story, and Mm -hmm. our job as parents Mm -hmm. is to help them identify what that story really is. And that's why we're excited to introduce a very special guest on our podcast. This is lead pastor of Rolling Hills Community Church and author of Immeasurably More. It's Jeff Simmons. We sat down to interview Jeff about what it looks like to invite our kids into a much bigger story. And we're asking the question, what does immeasurably more parenting look like in our home? Welcome to our Making History Parenting Podcast, where we are having a conversation today with a very special guest, (laughs) our very own lead pastor, Jeff Simmons. And so Jeff is not only our leader and our shepherd here at our church, um, a family ministry cheerleader. Mm -hmm. He loves family ministry, which is so awesome. Um, but he's also husband to Lisa and dad of three beautiful girls, Grace, Mabry, and Kate. Yes, and while juggling many different roles in life, you're also an author to a book you, you wrote yeah. not too long ago mm. called Immeasurably More. Woo! And yeah, I love this book. It's, it's about not only your personal journey of God's faithfulness and power in your life, but also our churches, mm-hmm. um, how God has been faithful and, and powerful. We've seen incredible miracles mm-hmm. that has happened in the life yeah. of our church. And, and now we don't have time to get into all the details of the book today, but, um, but I do want to talk about a specific question that's going to kick us off today. With the, book you've, with the book, and you actually, at the very beginning of the book, you say, do you ever feel like you're missing out on uh, on how life is really meant to, to be lived. Mm-hmm. And so could you just tell us briefly about why you decided to write immeasurably more in the first place? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'll say, Chase and Jennifer, thank you for having me. Uh, I love, I love uh, serving God with you both, and I do love family ministry And here at Rolling Hills. It's amazing. I mean, and to see preschool children and students, and my kids are all involved in your ministry. And so I've got one in elementary, middle, and high school, and they uh, just love church. And I love that my kids love church, you know? I mean, they they come early to be on Move Crew, and they just want to serve. And so thank you for pouring into them. It's awesome. So, um, yeah, but speaking about the book, you know, one of my life verses is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21, uh, which says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more uh, than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, and to him be glory in the church and throughout all generations forever and ever, and amen. And, and I think so often people settle for so little. Yeah. And I think people settle for so little in uh, life, but especially in their spiritual life. You know, it's kind of like, a, you know, I'll show up for church every now and then, kind of get my check mark and move on. And, and yet God is inviting us into a greater story. Yeah. God is inviting us to, to see miracles happen. And, and I think people miss that, you know. And I think people think, 
oh, church is boring or the Christian life is, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, but then they go to a football game and they get really fired up, right? Or, you know, they go to see, you know, Frozen 2 or whatever it is, you know, and, and people are like so excited about it. And uh, you're going, that's great. But what if we had that same kind of passion about what God was doing in our lives, what God was doing in our families, you know, what God was doing in our marriage mm-hmm. and with our kids or what God was doing in our church? And what if we really saw God doing miracles? And I think it would change the narrative. It would change. And, and I think that's what God wants to do. Um, but we kind of want to have one foot in the world yeah, yeah. and one foot, you know, in our Christian life. And we're not willing to sell out. And so we kind of miss out. And I think God, I know God is at work all the time. And if we would just open our eyes and then join God in that journey, Absolutely. it just makes such a difference. Absolutely. So. so in your book that we're talking about, you say our God is doing miracles every day. Most people miss them. We are so busy with our own lives, our own needs, and our own concerns that we miss God moving right in our midst. It is almost as if we are blind to his presence. So why, why do you feel like we miss it? Why mm. do you think that happens? It's a great question. I, I think we get busy, yeah. Yeah. you know, and uh, I think we get busy doing so many things. Uh, and, you know, we, we're running after all these different things, and it takes so much time that we really miss the important things. Um, and, and busyness is almost a badge in our society, right? You know, you ask people how they're doing, and they say, well, I'm busy. And you're like, oh, wow, you know. You know? <laughs> but are you busy doing the right yeah. things, right? You could be climbing the ladder, uh, but maybe the ladder's leaning against the wrong wall, right? You're going up the ladder, but you're, like, not doing things that really matter or make a significant impact. And so I think busyness is a big thing. I think distractions are a big thing. Uh, you know, I was out to dinner the other night uh, with our family, and I looked over, and there was a mom and a dad on their phone, and their kids are sitting there at dinner on their phones. So, like, the everybody's four, on everybody's the on their phone yeah. the whole time. And I, and, and I just watched, and I mean, like, the entire meal. And I don't think they said a word to each other. Maybe they were texting each other. I don't know, but I doubt it, you know. And, and, and you just go, man, the phone has added this whole new dimension. And uh, really, as a parent, when we're with our kids and we're on our phone, what we're saying is, you know, Instagram is more important than you. You know, Pinterest we, is more important than you. To say, oh, yeah. Not, right. That's unintentional. Yeah. Unintentional. I mean, yeah. that's not our intent at all, yeah. but it's, it's what the, that's the message that's being conveyed, right. you know. And so the kids are kind of like, uh, well, okay, I'll go get on my phone or I'll go do this. And so I think it's added a whole different dynamic. And, you know, we, we feel like, hey, we're missing out if I'm not, you know, staying up to date on everything social media wise. But we got to put some, you know, parameters in there. Uh, otherwise, it's just like it consumes us. And, it, and we get really busy and we're exhausted at the end of the day. We don't have time yeah. to really pour into the things that matter. So I think, you know, busyness, I think distractions, I think in just investing in the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, it's just a product of our society. We live in the United States of America, the wealthiest society that's ever existed in history. Uh, and with that comes blessings, but without that also comes challenges, yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, I've been on mission trips before and been in some of the poorest parts of the world. And I'll say, hey, I'm praying for you. And they'll say, why are you praying for us? We, we pray for you. You know, I mean, how do you guys stay true to yeah. Jesus with all the distractions? And you're like, you're right. You know, I mean, you guys are able to really focus and pray and be with family and be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got these challenges. So so I think that really impacts our spiritual life. I think it impacts us seeing God at work. I think it impacts our parenting uh, and, and, and not that phones are terrible, but you do have to put some parameters there. You do have to put some boundaries. You know, we made a decision not to get our kids phones until they were in seventh grade. Yeah. Uh, and our kids in fifth grade were like, 
you know, what in the world? Everybody's Everybody got a phone, you know? I'm yeah, I'm the only one. And, uh, and we didn't let our kids get social media until high school, you know? We're just like, nah, you don't need to be on that. And, and all these studies are coming out now. I mean, it's you guys right. have seen them and studied just the impact on kids and on anxiety and the things that, that are just influencing their lives. And we go, man, we've got to really step in to be a parent here. Uh, you know, I think a lot of parents, they want to be friends with their kids uh, instead of being their parent, you know, and, and, and kids have a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we've got to be the ones to be parents. And it's yeah. not easy. It's a challenge for all of us. But man, for us, we got to help our kids become all that God created them to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's good. And, and one, one of the quotes somebody said, I forget who it was, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? and I exactly. Do. You, know, you talk about distraction, you talk about um, a lot of different um, comfort. You talk about comfort in oh, your yeah. book. And um, you talk a little bit about fear, too. Mm-hmm. And you say in your book, you mentioned that it's easy for us to live in fear. Oh, yeah. And how does this play out in our parenting? And you know, That's the question. Mm-hmm. How does this play out? Because if we're not careful, we can allow allow fear to dictate how we raise our kids. Oh, yeah. And I've seen it a lot. Like, we've yeah. been in family ministry a long time. And, um, and you know this, too, is that sometimes we make parenting decisions based on fear of, um, maybe our kids mm. and how they're going to respond to to our parenting. Oh yeah, or maybe outside things yeah. about how we parent our kids. So tell tell us a little more. How how does fear play out in our parenting? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, there's the internal factors, yeah. right? What in our family, how we're perceived, you know, and uh, and then there's the external. Uh, and our and our kids. I mean, the, the world is challenging that yeah. we're growing up in. It's a different kind of world. I mean, we've got school shootings mm-hmm. that are happening. You know, kids are scared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's this natural fear. Uh, and as parents, we love our kids. We want to protect our kids and we want to pull them in uh, when you have these external factors. Uh, but that then that creates helicopter parents, right? right. That we're afraid to, to let them do anything. And, uh, and yet our role as parents is to help our kids move from dependence to independence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal isn't just to have uh, great kids, it's to raise godly adults. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we don't want them to live with fear. Um, statistics show over and over, though, this is the most anxious generation ever growing up. I mean, our kids are anxious. I mean, anxiety. And, and so we've got to be the ones to come along and say, hey, we don't want you to live like this. Now, I think a lot of times the anxiety comes because they see that in us. Right. I think we model that model. for them. And we've got to be people who really have faith. We've got to really believe God's sovereign. God's in control. God's going to take care of me and take care of my kids, you know, and, uh, and so we want to protect them, but we also have to raise them yeah. to be, you know, young men and women of courage uh, and to be bold. So I think, I think you, you hit on those things. I mean, they're, they're internal in what we do, but they're external in the world that we live. And how do we raise up, you know, kids who are bold, yeah. you know, kids yeah. will make a statement. That's good. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. M- Mabry, my daughter, uh, who's our middle one, and, and she, man, she just, she loves the Lord, but, but you can see this, this tension, you know, in, in her, and uh, it was interesting because she's, she wanted us to pray for her teacher, um, and so we started praying for her teacher, and then she invited her teacher to, to church, yeah. and, uh, and that was a big deal because she's like, can I talk about faith, you know, and can I, can I invite my teacher to church because there's this external, like, I shouldn't talk about Jesus at, at school, and we're like, yeah, invite her. Well, teacher comes to church and is walking with the Lord. I mean, it's just a miracle kind of story. But I think our kids feel that tension. And I think we feel that tension and we pass that on to yeah. them. So 
um, yeah, how do we help them be bold? That's good. That area of where it's appropriate and when we think it's appropriate. Even even my daughter, when she was in first grade, had that question with her teacher and her oh. classmates about, when is it okay for me to talk about God at school? I yeah. She felt it from that young of an age. So being able to model that and show that every time is appropriate. It's yes. always it's always okay yeah. to talk about God. It, there, are, there are times that it's scarier than others, but it's always okay. Mm. Um, so I love that. That's such a great example. I love that Mabry mm. did that. And I loved meeting her teacher. I remember when that <laughs> yeah. happened. That was so cool. This is awesome. Um, so you asked a question in your book, what are we missing? Mm. You really speak to the idea of distraction, which we've talked about a little bit, and how we miss out on the things that God could be doing in our midst. So what impact will we have on the next generation if we as parents could not, or could take time to not miss what God is doing? Mm. How do we do that? How do we take that time out as parents to not miss it? Yeah, I think we have to be the ones that, that set it. And, and it, I think it starts with our personal time with the Lord. Yeah. You know, uh, every morning when we wake up that we, we spend time with the Lord um, because that's what's going to, radiate through our homes right is is our personal what the lord i remember uh i remember some one of my earliest memories i don't remember if i was five or six or how old i was but but i walked by my parents rooms and my my dad was on his knees and by the bed and i was like i said dad what are you doing you know what are you doing you know and he just looks up and he goes well i'm praying for you and uh man that stuck with me you know my dad was praying for me and so I think my, my kids need to, need to see that. I think I got to model that. I think they need to hear that, uh, that I do pray for them, uh, that I really believe God is at work in my life and in their lives. Uh, so I think, I think modeling it is the most important thing. I think teaching it, uh, we, have to, we have to say this is a priority and this is the way we're going to live. It's not just, hey, do as I say, you know, and don't do as I do. It's like, no, do as I say and as I do. You know, like both of these are important. And so we've got to model being involved in church and hey I want you to have a spiritual foundation and you know I'll just say this right I I grew up playing sports I played sports all my life you know and did baseball and basketball and golf and I mean I you know and and but I tell you it's gone to a whole new level these days right I mean we had tournaments and stuff like that but but travel sports is is a challenge and what we do though is is even as Christian parents We'll say, hey, we don't want you to miss a game because you made this commitment to a team, you know. Uh, and yet we'll just say, well, we're going to take off church for the next six months yeah. while we're in travel ball. Yeah. And you're like, what, what's that saying yeah. to our kids? You know, it, it really does. It says sports are more important, mm-hmm. you know. And, it, and if our kid doesn't feel good, we'll say, well, you don't have to go to church today. It's okay. I know you don't feel good. But if they don't feel good, then we'll say, hey, you got to go to school, you know. <laughs> and so we're saying your secular education is more important than your spiritual education. Yeah. And at some point, we have to really go, what am I valuing and what am I modeling for my kids? Um, because my goal as a parent is that they have a strong spiritual foundation. You know, I, I mean, I hope they can kick a soccer ball. I mean, my, you know, my kids are involved in soccer and tennis and volleyball and cheerleading. And But, but listen – I know they're not playing, you know, for the World Cup, yeah. right? I understand that. But they are going to be walking with Jesus for the rest of their life, yeah. I pray. Yeah. And, and Christ is going to impact who they date. Christ is going to impact who they marry. Christ is going to impact, you know, what job they have. Christ is going to impact every area of their life. And, I mean, great that they can kick a soccer ball, but that's going to end in just a couple more years. Mm-hmm. So I want them to know Jesus. And I, I only get a little short time to get to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's that's so good. I, I think— for the, of the parent that's listening, every parent, 
would say, yeah, I think a, a, a community, a strong biblical community, oh. I think is important. Mm-hmm. Every parent would say worship is important, serving is important. But I think sometimes we get in this routine mm-hmm. of life, this, I don't know what you call it, this rat race of mm-hmm. life, then we substitute the things that we believe are important for things that, that we believe will advance um, them in this, this worldly life and still saying, okay, what's going to prepare them for eternity? Oh, yeah. You know, what's going to make the, the greatest impact for eternity? And I think we've got to switch our, our view, our, our viewfinder. Which lens are we looking through? Mm-hmm. Are we looking through this worldly perspective mm-hmm. of I really want, I mean, I, I want Kit to be successful. I want her to grow up to do great things in the business world, but I want really desire more than that, her to know Jesus. Yeah be passionate about Jesus and make an impact for his kingdom because mm-hmm. at the end of the day that's all that she's going to have left whenever she breathes her yeah. last breath right and it's how do you define success right? right i want kid to be successful but like successful in what you know in in, in the world or successful in spiritual things right. you know and i think for parents we're always wrestling that with that you know but we have to come back to how do we define that what am i defining for my kids what am i defining for my family yeah. what does that mean and i know you and courtney are such incredible parents and you're so intentional with kid but i do think for every parent that's how do i define success for my family how do i yeah. find success in my marriage you know yeah. so is it the world or is it what jesus said that's you know? good now you did um, now getting a more practical. You know, <laughs> you know that family ministry. We always talk about the importance of allowing our kids to see our faith lived out. Mm. You talk about your dad praying mm-hmm. for you. I, I think if we're talking about one practical way, um, let them catch us yeah. praying for them. Mm-hmm. Right? Let them catch us reading the Bible. And you and Lisa are great examples mm. for our church family, yeah. for Jennifer and I, for our family ministry team. Um, for you know, just for us personally, tell us how you and Lisa approach this concept. What conversations are you having with Lisa mm-hmm. that are really that really help you navigate how to live out your faith in front of your kids? Mm. That's a great. That's a great question. I mean, I feel like you know we have so far to go, but we, Lisa and I, talk about this because we want to be intentional uh, with our kids, and, and and I think we do that you know in, in two ways. It, it's it's praying, and then it really is. We we kind of schedule some mile markers, like you know you wrote yeah. you and Nick did a great job writing those mile markers, and and so praying every night. I, I pray over my girls, you know, and I go in, and uh, even if I'm traveling, I'll call in Facetime, that's and awesome. and. Uh, you know, and they, they, they can't go to sleep now without me praying for them, which is kind of fun. But, but I pray over them. I pray, I pray that they would be wise and strong and make good decisions. Uh, I pray that they would be full of joy and laughter and confidence. Uh, I want them to be confident. Yeah. You know, I yeah. want to raise them to be confident and not living in fear. Uh, and, and I pray that they would love God and that they would always know that God loves them and that, and they always finish it. You know, they always mm-hmm. say, dad loves me, you know, and I'm like, yeah, dad loves you, That's you know? Right. So, so I think praying over them every night, I place my hand on their head, you know, and then give them kisses and it's, it's just That's a sweet right. time. Uh, <laughs> I love them. I just love it. I love being a dad. Uh, but the second thing is Lisa and I, are, we, we talk about it. We want to be intentional. So it, when they're 10, Lisa takes them on a trip. So it's just her and them. And it doesn't have to be super expensive, you know, just somewhere we get a hotel and they go. Uh, and that's really the talk where they have the gotcha, mom okay. and daughter what, talk. What, that, what is that? Yeah, okay. that's mom and daughter talk. And that's like, hey, you're becoming a woman yep. kind of talk. And here's the things, your body's changing kind of things. Yep. And 
Uh, this is the way God made you. So that's a, that's a great time. Uh, when they're 12, I take them on a trip. So, and we, you know, it's a, it's a two to three day trip. We just go somewhere. And it's and what a, kind of conversations you have? <laughs> <laughs> I have this great conversations. We have so much fun. I mean, that's that's really it's like encouragement. Have fun with dad trip. Yeah, yeah, it's encouragement. Have fun with dad trip. And then we we talk. You know, yeah, we do yeah. talk about hey, you're you're now becoming a teenager, and and what does that mean? It's going right. to look different. And uh, you know, people are not always going to be nice to you. And how are you going to uphold? And what do you do as a as a follower of Jesus and being a teenager? So it's really kind of moving from that. That's awesome. 12-year-old, that's the end, and you're moving into becoming a teenager. And so we, we, we have a great time. We do fun things. You know, we went to Washington, D.C., and, uh, and Mabry and I just went this past summer, and we had a blast. I mean, there's a lot of free stuff there, which is great. And we do the <laughs> museums. The zoo was free. Yeah. We see panda bears. And, but then we come back, that's and we, awesome. we have these great times to talk, and it's just us. Uh, and then when they're 13, we have a party. And uh, we ask people to write notes. We just say, hey, if, you know, you can send a note in, email us. What advice would you give to our kids? And so, and just what would you say to them so that they're hearing some outside perspectives as well? Yeah. And I think that's a big deal for church, yeah. you know, because as a parent, especially you get into middle school years and high school, you can say one thing as a parent and they're like, oh, come on, dad, you know, you get the eye roll right. or something right. like that. Yeah. But somebody else comes along and says it, the exact same thing. Exactly. And they're like, oh, that's so brilliant. That's yeah. so great. Jennifer Akers told me this. You know, <laughs> Chase Baker true. said this. That's and you're true. like, I tell you that all the time, yeah. you know. But, but they're hearing it from different ways. Uh, and then when they're 15, we take them on an international mission trip. Uh, we want them to go somewhere where they see how the rest of the world lives. Um, because, man, we can raise up entitled kids yeah. in the United States where they have everything. I mean, money and, you know. But we want them to be challenged. We want them to see, hey, you, you are blessed, but you've got a responsibility here, you know, and you've got to live differently. Yeah. And so that's and a Grace big deal for us. Yeah. First trip mm-hmm. this past summer, right? Grace went to Moldova for the first time this yeah. past summer, and it was awesome. It was, awesome. It was, it was life-changing, you know, and that's what we prayed for. I mean, you know, she, she saw orphan children. She saw kids who were vulnerable. She saw, you know, kids who didn't have parents. And so she came back and was like, whoa. Look, I mean, I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed. And she became more generous, you know, right. she's supporting a child herself, you know, and she's developing these relationships and she's seeing how the people yeah. live around the world. And she's seeing people's faith. I mean, she's seeing strong believers and she knows that my faith isn't based on stuff. Uh, my faith is based on Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, so God's with me in the good times and the hard times. Yeah. And that's, that was our heartbeat for her. So we're, we're trying to be real intentional about these mom markers. You know, you talk a lot you and Nick uh, in the early years. And, you know, probably the three best days of my life was, you know, well, first is when I came to know Christ. Second, when I married Lisa, you know, she was awesome. But then when I had the chance to baptize, you know, Grace and Mabry and Kate. And so those mile markers are just forever. um, You know, I can't can't even describe how awesome that is. Um, But now we've got to say, how do we continue to grow through those middle school years, through those high school years, so that when they're 18, they're you know, they're going to go off yeah, and they're going right. to live it, you know. Mm-hmm. So and you're about to hand over some keys to the car. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a whole different, whole different world. Yeah. Teaching them to drive, man, yeah. it increases your prayer life. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah. So <laughs> you got a few years. I love that. I love that you're highlighting. You have a moment. They have a moment with mom, a time mm-hmm. with mom. They have a time with dad. 
and then that you're inviting other people into the circle, which, I mean, I love so much that we have that model here um, as part of our church with small groups with our kids, starting from preschool all the way up through high school, that they have a small group leader and they have um, adults that are rallying around them. And so I think just like having the honor and privilege of being invited to a couple of those, Mm -hmm. um, the girls, 13 year old kind of things, a few parents I know have had them here at our church. Um, I would say to our parents listening, um, ask, 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 ask those people to come because it's it's such an honor to be one of the people that gets to come and pray over that child or send in a message. Um, it's such an incredible privilege to be one of those adults yeah. in that child's life. Yeah, and that's a good point it, because now at this stage of life that with with your child, you get to pick the voices yeah. that mm-hmm. are involved. Oh. And so pick them. Yes. I mean, that's, that's yes. the encouragement. Yes. Don't let them pick for themselves. Yes. Or don't let their friends pick for them. Don't don't just assume their coach will do this. Yes. But pick those people who are going to invest in them and teach them about who Jesus is. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, so great. It, it, uh, can I just pick back real quick on that? Yeah. Because it is so important, you know. I mean, it, friends have a big impact on kids. Yeah. Parents, you're still the number one influence on a kid's life. All the way statistics will show, you know, 21, even over. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents are still the number one influence, but kids have a huge impact. Yeah. So if you're just putting your kids around, you know, friends at school and, you're, and you don't even know who they're hanging around with or anything, we like want to know who our kids are hanging around with, yeah. right? And so having them at church and having their community there and having small group leaders pour into them, best decision you will make. And I mean, I just talked to a dad last week, you know, who called me bawling um, because his kid just got, you know, expelled from school uh, for yeah. drugs. And he's yeah. like, I had no idea, you know, yeah. and he's a good kid. He's a good kid. And I'm like, you know, I didn't say this, but I'm going, yeah, we've been talking to you for the last seven years about getting your family consistently at church. So they has friends in this community yeah. and you're just hit or miss. You yeah. know, you show up for church once every two months mm-hmm. and they don't ever go back to student ministry. I mean, you know, you know what? Say you're just like, right. look, yeah. you have an opportunity here to be around some incredible kids. Make sure you take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't miss that. And having godly adults in their lives. It's so oh, oh, yeah. please, please, please yeah. don't miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. you talk a lot about miracles in the book. Oh, yeah. I love, I love, I love. And I'm loving the stage of teaching this to my daughters right now, actually just talking about miracles in the Bible and how um, for them starting to imagine like what that really was like mm-hmm. is the coolest thing. I'm at four and eight years old. I love it. So mm. how do we help our kids see miracles now? We want them to know all of the stories in the Bible and mm-hmm. all of the incredible incredible miracles that happened then. But how do we open their eyes to see what God is doing now mm. miraculously in our lives and in the lives around us? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just talking with your kids about it. And telling them, to, I mean, just encouraging them to open their eyes, you know, open their eyes to spiritual things mm-hmm. um, because God is moving. Uh, I think asking them when you have the prayer time at night or if you have a family devotional time, I mean, just saying, hey, guys, what are you praying for? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think as parents, what are we praying for? Yeah. You know, what do we want to see God do in our family? What do we want to see God do? Um, and when we start praying, I believe that's when our eyes are open and, and we really see things happen. You know, I talked to a guy this past Sunday and he said, you know, I've, I've been here seven years at Rolling Hills, and I never put a prayer request in. And he goes, but a couple of weeks ago, I was just at the end of my rope, and I wrote a prayer request down, I put it in. And, and I mean, with tears in his eyes, here's this big business guy, you know, you know, dad of 
five kids, and but he just goes, I put that in, and he goes, I got to tell you, I've been praying about it every day, and he goes, you wouldn't believe what God's done. Wow. And uh, and I'm thinking, yes, you know, but until we start praying for it, I think oh, I don't think we see it. Uh, but once we start praying for it, and I think if you look in Acts when so many of the miracles were happening, man, the church is praying, you know. And so start saying to your kids, hey, what are you praying for? What do you want to see? Uh, you know, my oldest daughter, there was a girl she was praying for, and um, and the girl didn't know the Lord, and she was just praying that, that she would come to know Christ. And she came to church and gave her life to Christ, and my daughter actually had the chance to baptize her, which yeah. was awesome. But, you know, I, I saw her start praying for her even before and to see that miracle. Um, so I think, you know, inviting them into that story, uh, encouraging them, um, doing, you know, local missions with them is awesome. Asking them, to, what are you praying for? Uh, and then they'll start to see those miracles unfold. That's awesome. Um, okay, so <laughs> we're kind of coming to the end of our time, and I want to ask oh, you a this question. Is fun. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. I all day. Over the years, I've heard you ask a lot of people at mm. this question, mm. and I want to flip the script and ah. ask you the question. Now, hear this over and over. Every time you interview somebody, mm-hmm. you ask them this question: What do you want your legacy to be? Yeah, I, I want to be uh, just known as a man after God's heart. You know, a godly husband and father. Uh, and a man who accomplished God's purpose in his day and generation. You know, I, I don't want to miss that. I, I believe God has a unique purpose for every one of our lives. Uh, and uh, I don't want to get to uh, the end of my life or into heaven one day and go, oh, I missed it, yeah. you know. Uh, I believe when you're living in the center of God's will, it doesn't mean everything's perfect. I mean, there's challenges going on around you and everything else. But, but when you're in the center of God's will, you see miracles. I mean, yeah. you literally see God do what only God could do. And I believe, you know, I mean, you talk about immeasurably more. I mean, that was book one. We've seen miracles oh, yeah. after this. So I'm just amazing. going, yes. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, because it just seems like God keeps doing more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so our goal is to stay in the center of his will and to say, God, what is the purpose that you have for my life? Mm-hmm. And let me, let me accomplish that in my day, my generation. And, and not that my name is well known, not that I make so much money, not that I have X amount of dollars in my, you know, 401k, not that, you know, my kids become doctors and lawyers. My, am I accomplishing God's will for my life and my day and my generation? That's mm-hmm. awesome. All right. To finish us off, oh. can you encourage our parents that are listening? What encouragement would you give to them as they're walking on this parenting journey, wherever they are, with a newborn or an 18-year-old mm-hmm. that's about to go to college? Go to college. What encouragement would you give these parents? Yeah, man, I want to encourage you guys and uh, all of us, right? Uh, a lot of people talk about the golden years or when you retire, you know, like, oh, the golden years, I'm retired. And everybody I talk to who's retired will say the golden years are when you have that baby at home or you have that precious child and your life is so busy and so crazy. And every one of them will say, just don't miss it, right? Yeah. Don't miss it. Don't wish your life away. Don't go, oh, well, when the kids go off to college or, you know, or don't be the parent who goes oh the kids oh you know they get to go back to school yay you know I'm gonna go celebrate because they're out come on you know just enjoy be present embrace this time because it's so important and then keep your priorities straight right it's God first right it's your spouse second Mm. you know and and I think you know for moms it's easy to put children over your spouse Uh, for dads it's easy to put career over your spouse or even over God but it's God first, it's your spouse second, it's your children third, and then it's your career. Mm. And if you start to keep those priorities, I think, you know, man, God's going to bless that. Um, you know, 
I really believe this. Somebody else could be pastor of Rolling Hills and, and probably do a great job, I mean, better than me. Um, but nobody else can be dad to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my calling. And uh, I, I, I just get this one opportunity to do it, and it goes fast. I mean, Grace is 15. How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, how did that happen? But I want to tell you, it is awesome, and I love being her dad. And I want to be a great dad. I want to be a great husband, and I want to be a man after God's heart. And so, um, yeah, just make the most of this opportunity right here. Don't wish it away. You know, be intentional and watch God do miracles in your own life, in your own marriage, in your own family. That's awesome. Well, we can't wait till we see part two. <laughs> and immeasurably more parenting because I think. Yeah. Yes. We so. are so thankful today. Thank you for being here oh, with us today, Jeff. Listeners, thanks for having parents, me. thank you so much for joining us. Um, just know that we are praying for you, and mm-hmm. we're so thankful to be on this journey with you. Thank you for listening today. Thanks.